on another of the dogs. And now to Easternwood, driving ball inside 50. Cramery watched on, Stringer can go back and kick another Stringer. He just gets tripped, Hill kicks the goal. He's kicked another. The dogs, they answer quickly. Welcome to the Bulldog Beat, the podcast where we take a look at all things footy, but with a twist. I'm Rana Hussain. And I'm Nasha Buff, and on this Bulldog Beat, we revisit a footy grand final. Excellent! But it's in a place you would never expect to hear the sirens of an Aussie rules match. We also hear from a guy who is, let's be honest, more obsessed with footy than even Nasha or I. That means he's pretty obsessed. <laughs> yeah. uh, yet he grew up in Little Turkey in Melbourne's north, uh, where the love of the round ball reigns supreme. Now, he runs a successful small business at the Preston Market, coaches a junior footy side, and is determined to convert as many people from the Turkish community to Aussie rules as possible. He's a good man. But first... <laughs> We unpack the Bulldogs' performance in the AFL 2016 Premiership season this week. And the Doggies finish this round sitting pretty at number two on the ladder after an expected victory, an expected victory, over Carlton, 32 points, the winning margin. I like the snide way you say uh, expected victory, air quotes. In air quotes, expected victory. Yeah, Paul Carlton and poor Carlton fans. But look at this. That is Mike Fitzpatrick, Chairman of the AFL Commission, and you. And me. Uh, We're at a reception held last year for AFL uh, volunteers by the Governor of Victoria, the Honourable Linda DeSalle. And look at what Mike Fitzpatrick is wearing. A Carlton Premiership jumper from when he was the Blues captain. That's right. And he led them to the top, was it 1981 or 82? I'm not actually sure. It was one of those years. So, yeah, Carlton Premiership Mm. jumpers, they actually exist. (laughs) Oh, back to the Bulldogs. As you said, second on the ladder after the 32-point victory over Carlton. The game was pretty much over at halftime, but at what cost, Nasha? At what cost indeed, although it seems to be better than everyone first thought. Jason Johannesson's hamstring tear will knock him out, not for the whole season, but around two months. Oh gosh, my, oh, my heart sank when I saw that. We were just, uh, we were just talking about this, weren't we, yeah. Rana? And just watching it, it was such a stupendous kick. It was like <laughs> more than 50 metres, it was spectacular. But just afterwards when he was limping and the look on his face, I was like, oh no, that's not good. But how classy is Kia Gold? Exactly. Taking one for the team there, Johannes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Lin Jong as well has been cleared of a rough conduct sighting. Uh, which means he'll be available for the Clash with the Lions this weekend. And let's look at the accolades the Doggies' playing style got this round. No sexy football? No, no sexy football, but there were others. Yes, that's right. I What I've seen is uh, the freewheeling dogs, so freewheeling, mm-hmm. and a description of the team as playing the most attractive footy in the AFL. <laughs> freewheeling and attractive, and with upcoming games against the Lions, North Melbourne and the Adelaide Crows. <laughs> Listening to the Bulldog Beat, 
And Masha, where are we going next? We are going to the biggest city in the world, Tokyo, where we revisit the 2015 AFL Japan Grand Final. They play footy in Japan. Yes, they have an established competition. And uh, how did you end up at that Grand Final? Well, um, I was in Japan for work and a friend of mine was living there at the time. My name is uh, Gordon Jones. I'm an expat living in Jakarta, Indonesia. And in 2015, I coached the Tokyo Goannas while living in Japan. So his wife was working in Tokyo, he was living there at the time, and he invited us along to watch the game, which was... In Tokyo? Well, sort of. It was in Yokohama. Yokohama is like a satellite city to Tokyo. It's about the same distance from downtown Tokyo as, I don't know, the Thousand Steps, or Puffing Billy is uh, to, say, uh, Flint Street. But we are talking about a country that was planning bullet trains back in the 1950s, just after World War II. So while it takes you and I an hour and 20 minutes to travel by train from Southern Cross to Puffing Billy, it takes just 15 minutes to travel the same distance from Tokyo to Yokohama on a Shinkansen, a bullet train. Can you imagine jumping on a train in the city and ending up in the Dandenongs 15 minutes later? Exactly. So Gordon tells me that ball up is at 4.20pm and the closest station is Yamate, which is spelled Y-A-M-A-T-E. So he says the easiest way to remember it is that it looks like your mate. <laughs> So he said, make your way to Yamate Station. Right. In, uh, yeah, in, uh, in Yokohama. Hi, so do we start in Yamate Station? No, we start in the part of Tokyo that I'm staying at, which is called Ikebukuro. Ikebukuro in downtown Tokyo. Uh, it's the second busiest train station in the world, second only to nearby Shinjuku, which handles more than 3.6 million passengers. That's per day, by the way. We're heading to Yamate, or Yamate Station, and I've stupidly managed to not catch an express train, so it'll be half an hour, which in Tokyo terms is a long time on a train. It's sunset by the time I get there, and uh, this part of Yokohama is oddly quiet compared to Tokyo. It's suburban and some really narrow streets. I'm looking for the Yokohama Country and Athletic Club. Oh yeah, this is a country club, all right. There's a pub that I'm passing which looks very genteel. English Premier League playing on a TV screen. And there it is. The deepest, darkest Yokohama modified soccer pitch with footy goals either end. Who's done that 
This is Gordon Jones, who coached and played for one of the teams on the ground, the Tokyo Goannas. So originally I got involved uh, with uh, the Tokyo Goannas in Japan. Um, I was moving to Tokyo and uh, basically looked up AFL Japan on Google and they were the first site that came up. Um, the Goannas are facing off against the Tokyo Bay Suns, who seem to have fewer players who are, for lack of a better word, gaijin, foreigners. Every single umpire is Japanese, the crowd is mixed, but the Goannas do have local players, and Gordon eventually ended up coaching them. Um, after playing uh, half a season basically in 2014, I um, took on the coaching role in 2015 um, because the previous coach had moved into a president uh, role for the club and um, I was pretty much the only one that was eager enough to commit to it full time. Um, I've got a background in coaching women's footy in Australia and then coaching the Indonesian side in Indonesia and Jakarta. I really enjoyed that we had Japanese players in our team for the first time instead of just being an expat club I got to coach some guys that were very new to the game um, I guess my background is in developing people at that sort of very beginner level in women's footy and in uh, Asian footy in Indonesia so uh, it was something I really enjoyed runner, runner, runner. Oh. Well done, your The game isn't a tight one. As Gordon explains, there's a bit of history between the two clubs. His Goannas are battling the Tokyo Bay Suns, and the Suns defeated them in last year's AFL Japan Grand Final. So this is like a, a grudge match, a match against their nemesis team. The season that I coached the Tokyo Goannas in 2015, um, we'd lost the Grand Final the year before um, to the Tokyo Bay Suns, who were a... Uh, newly formed club and they won the uh, premiership in the first two years of their existence. Um, they were made up of some very, very strong uh, Japanese representative players. So we had a good history with them, um, we'd never beaten them um, and then we narrowly lost to them in the grand finals. From where I'm standing though, it doesn't look like the Goannas are going to avenge that loss anytime soon. Uh, it's, it's the fourth quarter, they've only managed six goals for the whole game and there are eight minutes to go. Um, they're down to the Tokyo Bay Suns by four goals. But incredibly, they make up those four goals and win by just two points. Gordon says it was one of his greatest triumphs. We were able to finally um, break that hoodoo and we had a very improbable come from behind victory. Um, that was the best victory I've ever been a part of. I, I played a game in Canberra where we came back from 50 points once, but uh, this one was just so much more thrilling when it was a grand final. 
literally eight minutes to go and, and we just rallied and, and managed to run over the top of them and I think surprised a few people but it was a great season where there was a lot of improvement and, and we really managed to lift as a team and uh, finally got to taste some Premiership victory. Well done, guys. Excellent. Gordon Jones, former coach and player with the Tokyo Goannas, speaking to Nasha about their 2015 AFL Japan triumph over the Tokyo Bay Suns. And you can find out more about footy in Japan by visiting jafl.org. <laughs> You're listening to the Bulldog Beat, and next on the show we go from Yokohama to Preston, where we meet a man with a passion for footy, so much so that he's determined to bring it to the Turkish Melbourne masses. Hi, my name is Ufukil. I uh, currently own a seafood business at Preston Market. Um, I'm also uh, currently a coach at North Brunswick, uh, coaching the under-10s. Um, and I also involved in the AFL Ambassadors Program. So tell me how you first got involved in coaching the under tens. Well, first of all, my uh, my son is he plays for the under tens. Uh, when I first enrolled him to the uh, North Brunswick, he had a lot of friends there, and and I started off. They needed an assistant coach, and they asked me, and I was very passionate about the, the position. Um, and when I started, you know, it just took off from there. And the following year, uh, the coach actually moved up to the under-11s and they, uh, they wanted me to coach the under-10s. Well, at the time, it was the under-9s, which was last year. I coached the under-9s and this year's my second year, well, third year as a coach, but second year as the, um, the head coach. And, yeah, I'm doing the uh, coaching the under-10s this year. How long have you had an interest in footy in Aussie rules? Well, this goes way back when I was a kid. When I first uh, came to Australia, I started playing soccer and going to a school that was, I think, 95% Australian. And I think I was the only, well, me and three other guys were the only Turkish guys at the school. We were introduced to a lot of sports such as, you know, football, uh, cricket, um, and yeah, soccer was pretty much laughed at, you know, if I was to play. So yeah, from there, I actually loved the sport and I actually, yeah, I left soccer and I took it up. I took football um, as uh, I think my first year was playing under 16s. What position do you play? I played as a centre forward. Um, back then, it was a funny, the, the interaction between me and my parents was, was, was pretty funny. Um, when I told them that I was going to uh, leave soccer and play football, my dad sort of said to me, well, if you're going to play football, I'm going to disown you, <laughs> pretty much. So after I started football, um, which was at Greenvale, my dad stopped coming to my, my games. I used to come home from school. I used to jump on my BMX, ride myself to, to training. On, on game day, I used to meet up with my, my friends and all go together. And if you were to ask my father today, he, you know, after 20 or odd years or whatever, he would not know which team I played for. But yeah, that, that's how it was. He was, you know, my dad never liked football. 
but you know, like I said, going to a to a school which was a majority Australian kids, and them following football, I actually I loved it, and it's the best best sport in the world. So, would you say not many people in the Turkish community are sort of are into footy? Definitely not as a, a first sport. There's a lot of Turkish, a lot of Turks in the in the community that do love and follow football, but I think soccer is the more dominant sport among the Turkish community. It's changing right now because there's more exposure, especially with me, with my community, because of my my Islamic background as well, and I'm also involved in. Um, there's an organisation called My Center. There's a lot, a lot of um, Turkish Muslims there. You know, I, I, I always try my best to um, introduce the game to them and explain to them and talk to them about it. And yeah, and they're getting more awareness about the sport. So tell me a little bit about a typical day here at Preston Market. So you run a, a seafood business. Uh, what does that entail? Okay, so what happens is I set my alarm for 2.30 in the morning. Um, and then 2.35, and then 2.40, and then 2.45, because I always end up sleeping through the snooze. I, I go to the wholesale market in Footscray, I get all my fish, come back to work, well, to my shop. We cut up the fish, we prepare. Yeah, look, we trade here four days a week, but they're very, very long hours, 15 or 16 hours a day, 15 hour days, so, yeah. And when do you coach your, your son's team? Well, they got training twice a week, which... You know, Tuesdays and, th- and Tuesdays and Fridays, and game days on Sunday mornings. You go along to footy matches when you can. Absolutely, I'm a, I've got a full AFL membership. I've, I've had it for well since my my son's been born. He's he's eight years old, so my son was registered as a, a as an AFL member the day he was born. Yeah, we go to all the North Melbourne games. I'm a North Melbourne supporter, by the way. A mad North Melbourne supporter. We try our best to go to interstate. Um, watch them, in, you know, when they play Gold Coast or Sydney. Uh, I sort of, I, I, I pretty much go to maybe anything between 12 to 15 games a year. What are you hoping to achieve out of your um, role as an AFL multicultural community ambassador? This is your first year. Uh, what are you hoping to get out of that? First of all, I love the sport. So 50% of the job is already done. Um, I want to show... Uh, my community and all my friends as well what a great sport uh, football is uh, it's a fantastic sport not only for to, to follow but also you know it's one day they can play at a professional level or to play at like club football just like I did it's a, it's a fun sport uh, it keeps you fit and conditioned it's the most skillful uh, sport in the world where it involves hands uh, foot skills uh, marking, tackling, running, you name it. Um, and it's also one of the most hardest sports to actually uh, coach, uh, sorry, not coach, um, uh, umpire as well, which makes it, you know, puts a lot of controversy into the game while watching it. Uh, and it's just, it's got, it's so much fun, you know. We always look forward to, to, to these, to the season, the football season. And like I said, I want to make my community as, as aware as possible and try to uh, invite them to, to this great sport that we have. Where are you off to now? You're off to go to Friday prayers? Yeah, as a Muslim, we, I go to the mosque every Fridays. Uh, yeah, so we'll be, I'll be heading out pretty much any time soon now. So, yeah. 
um, when you go to uh, matches, yeah. do you make use of the, the prayer rooms that are there? Yeah, well, um, thanks to Basha Hooley uh, for pushing the prayer rooms at Etihad and also the MCG. We, um, level three at, at Etihad is it's a fantastic room. Um, you know, every time when the prayer time comes, you you see all the all your friends from you know that you haven't seen for a long time and yeah it's uh, the facilities are really great you can sit down there and you know obviously you wash yourself and, and there's enough room for the male and the females and it's just absolutely fantastic. Ufuk Il, he's a small business owner, under tens footy coach, and AFL multicultural community ambassador. Now it's time on the bulldog beat for. What's happening at Witten Oval, starting with the VFL? Thanks, Rana. And the Footscray Bulldogs' next home game is on 30th of April uh, against the Werribee Tigers, and the round before that is an away game against Sandringham. The Doggies website has all the info you need about the VFL season, results, fixtures, ticketing and membership. Go to westernbulldogs.com.au and follow the links to VFL. And if you're a teacher in Melbourne's West, why not get your school involved in the Bulldogs Friendly Schools program? As part of the club's community strategy, four to six sessions can be run at your school teaching students about how important it is to have a fit and healthy lifestyle. The sessions develop motor skills with footy and stress inclusion and being active. For more information, email bulldogfriendlyschools at westernbulldogs.com.au. Play on another of the dogs. And now to Easternwood, driving ball inside 50. Cramery watched on, Stringer can go back and kick another Stringer. He just gets tripped, Hill kicks the goal. He's kicked another. The dogs, they answer quickly. At the end of your message, press 1. Hi, this is Lin Jong from the Western Bulldogs, just calling to read the credits. The Bulldogs Beat podcast is a joint project of the Western Bulldogs and the Islamic Council of Victoria. The presenters are Rana Hussain and Hanadi Rabah. The producer is Nasha Barfen. Thanks to our guests today. I look forward to seeing you all at the next Bulldogs game. Go dogs!